Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Your Midwest Garden Podcast 911 alert. Stand by. All right, everybody, Mike has an alert he wants to make us aware of. Mike, what do you have? Thank you, Mr. Sandstrom. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I certainly appreciate that. <laughs> um, the thing that we're basically wanting right now is, according to NOAA, NIDS, drought.gov, uh, the May 25th alert is stating that there's a drought status update. We have had the driest May since 1932. Do you know what that means, Scott? Uh, you, you better be out watering while you're listening to this. Yeah, you may have things that are green and growing and looking really lush. And people are basically suggesting or thinking that, you know, with all the rain that we had in April, late March, first part of April, uh, that's going to be enough to sustain us through the summer. Well, it isn't even summer yet. And we're going to get into a lot of trouble. We're starting to notice it right now. Are you noticing lawns that are discoloring? I have noticed a couple of sections of my lawn that are starting to, uh, yeah. They're showing stress. The plants that you're putting in your lawn and garden, or not lawn and garden, but in your garden, your, your landscaping plants, um, let's say your ornamentals, even the annuals that you went out and bought for Memorial Day weekend to make everything pretty, you got to go out and give them the water that it's deemed necessary. Now, most of those are in pots or containers. That's not a problem. The stuff that's in the grill, did you know? Now, according to, well, let me give you this. It's a drought early warning. DEWS regions, Midwest issued, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, and Wisconsin are at a, an, an increased risk of drought, meaning that the anything that you have out there, now this isn't primarily for farmers. This is for everybody, residential. This is, you know, water levels that in lakes are going to start dropping or if they haven't already. Um, the drought over the next few weeks, and there is a drought. I, I, the thing that has been brought to my attention, May, Driest since 1932. What happened in 1932, Scott? You're a history major, aren't you? <laughs> of course. Okay. I'm in everything. What was 1932 other than the Depression? I mean, there was this big thing that went on, and then they had to have the USDA come out and, you know, say, we got to do something about this. Well, it wasn't a sandstorm. <laughs> oh, that's like your last name. He hates that. He hates that with a passion. It's uh, sandstrom. Correct. It, uh, so it was the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Dust Bowl, the topsoil, the layer of topsoil that was out there or is out there now is worse than it was in 1932. So if we get a good nor'easterly or even wind from the southwest, we could have a great big cloud of nothing but topsoil that's blowing all over the place. I got to tell you, really, that it's drier now than the normal past two or four to six weeks. 27% of this region of the Midwest is abnormally dry. Now, uh, the USDA, the National Agricultural Statistics Service, states that it's increasingly dry and it ain't going to stop. The poor pasture lands are just basically dry as a bone. Um, the 8 to 14 day outlook is strong possibility of abnormal temperatures, chances of below average precipitation. In other words, it's already worsening um, the condition. We don't want people to, uh, to sit there and say, oh, everything's so pretty right now, but you're going to notice that eventually these things are going to die. Not necessarily your investment. Let's Scott, let's put it this way. Water bills are high in the Midwest regardless. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, very Which high. would be less expensive to just, you know, allow your, your plants and your, your lawn to, to die out because of drought or to water it to keep it going? Uh, just some basic water would be cheaper. 
All right. They're saying usually about what? How much? A, a, an inch and a half a week? For a lawn? For a lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you could just maintain it, keep your grass high. It's a cultural method of control. Well, yes, because we all know grass stores water in the blade. You are dangerous, man. Yes. So I don't understand why people are cutting their lawns so short. They want it to look manicured. They want it to look like, you know, Augusta in in in, in, in March. When nah, it- when my dad was around in, in his lawn, he wanted... It wasn't a, you can have a tall manicured lawn. It'll eventually it, catch up. It doesn't yeah. need to be short to be manicured. You, yeah. You want something you can go lay down on the lawn and read a book. You want f- flush, fluffy, full. nice, comfortable, like a pillow top type did, of lawn. Did you say fluffly? Fluffly? No. I okay, said I'm fluffy. secure with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Back when my dad was doing his lawns in seventies, eighties, and on, that's what they wanted. And you you want a nice cushy. You don't want something. And that's where they store the water. So why you why you taking their water tank away from them? Well, see, that's a good one. You're telling people, you're enlightening them that that is where those those leaves are solar solar panels. Also, they store water in it. It's the whole processing. I'm beginning to believe that everything alive. It's in the ground. The actual, you know, main mainstay of the plants is underneath the surface of the earth. The upper portion of it is there to make sure that they can process or obtain food sources and continue to do that. I'm alerting people. You're alerting people to the possibility of having a really, really dry season. And if they don't listen, what's going to happen? How do we fix it? Well, Scott and I are going to be Right here, ready to tell you how to fix it because we're going to notice the damage. Well, don't put us to work. Fix it now. That's well, okay. Why, why do we have to fix it? Wait, we when when you, when they can just go water. Come on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen to this. We got people that are listening to this podcast that are that are going to follow that. I mean, they don't have to trade off their shower or laundry bill to keep these things alive. No, 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 no. The best time to do the watering is going to be when middle of the day. No. Yes, it is. That's what you say all the time. I say it all the time, and it's perfect for it. When do you need a drink, Scott? Well, yeah, but... Answer my question, please. Yes, when you're thirsty. Yeah, thank you. However, for most efficient use of your water that's very expensive, I say you do it in the morning, or you can do it both. If Let's say you have an irrigation system, and you do 20 minutes in each zone. Okay, so make two patterns. Make your morning one 15 minutes and do your afternoon for five just to keep it alive and happy in the in the heat. It's alive. Hey, it, you know, because I'm telling you why, because you're going to have more efficient water use in the morning. It's not going to evaporate as soon as it comes out of the nozzle. It's not going to evaporate sitting on the, the plant until it absorbs it or goes down on the ground. And then this way you can have your... Little snack. My little snack. Yeah, Some in the afternoon. in this calm. <laughs> okay. that's, that's just what I would do. Let me rephrase this. Anytime you can water is better than no watering. All right? Correct. All right. My personal likings to, let's say, when photosynthesis occurs, it does not occur when the sun is not up. It does not occur when the sun is down in nighttime. But again, anytime you can water is better than no water. But the best time in my book, when the plant needs it, 
is during the middle of the day. Now, I got people that are saying, well, when you're out there and you got the sprinkler going in the air, it's going to be evaporating and you're going to be wasting a lot more water than you would normally need to. You mean what I just said? Well, I was being kind of condescending and arrogant there. I mean, and wrong. All well, at no, the same I don't think time. it's wrong. You know, this guy has become more and more dangerous the more knowledge he has. I think, you know, we're worried about AI. I'm worried about Scott. No, just split the difference and be happy. Well, you can, but I don't recommend people do it at nighttime. Or, I mean, if you're going to water, no, no, it's no, better. no, 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 no nighttime. Watering anytime during the day is best. Okay. It's better than no water at all. Right. So you're saying early morning. Early, I, no, I split it early morning and on. A beat down type of sun, hot summer day, just hit a quick run, you know, a five minute quick run on your in uh, the morning in your irrigation or or turn the faucet on. Well, you made mention also about 15 to 20 minutes. Now, I seem to recall educating somebody a long time ago, not you, um, but customers, basically 15 to 20 minutes in each location is going to be a good start. Some people do deep root watering where they like to do this. They're going to maintain the greenest lawn. Their vegetation, their landscape is going to look absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, yeah, they've got a pretty expensive water bill. But it's a heck of a lot cheaper than spending eight to $10,000 to get a new lawn established. This is true. And with the price of seed that went up uh, oh, two God. years ago because of the recent uh, bad farming season they had for seeds... Well, think about this. It yeah. was at one time Black Diamond, your your wife's company was selling. Uh, let's let's just call it Sport Mix, which was a mixture of turf type fescue, fine fescue, uh, Kentucky bluegrass, and perennial rye. rye, and that per pound was going for two and a half bucks. You know what it's going for now? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, then tell us five ninety nine a pound. Yeah, and you figure a pound is only going to cover a ten by ten area. That's not going to be cheap, and you got to irrigate that as well. So why don't you do like the old Mario Andretti commercial? You either pay me now or pay me later. Yeah. And, and and water it. Protect yourself. Prevent that damage from occurring. Well, just not so much replacing your lawn or, or overseeding again for areas that died out. But not, then you're going to have the hassle if it's basically dirt at that point. You're going to be fighting weeds. So then you're going to have the extra expense and time and labor of getting rid of those weeds before you plant your new lawn again. Well, here's, here's the thing. The grasses themselves, they will go dormant. I mean, grass will, I mean, if we have a drought that's going to be something that we can't, you know what? It's going to be best to let it go dormant, let it discolor, and then when we get the rains, then it'll start to perk back up or when it gets cooler. That's one thing. It doesn't necessarily die, it discolors. What is the problem is when the... Insects and fungus problems start to come in. Scott, you said that this is basically the water barrel, right? The uh, top growth, the the green on the grass? Yeah, the top growth stores the water. All right. The insects are going to need water. Where are they going to get it from? Apparently my pool. <laughs> well, no, no, you, no they're drowning in that. That's kamikaze stuff. Um, no, they're, they're going to eat the grass. They're going to take them their moisture and nutrients that they can from the grass. Right. And that's what kills the grasses more so than allowing the grass to go dormant. In this case, I would prevent the grasses from going dormant, continue to water it, make them able to sustain the uh, outside effects from insects or the outside effects from funguses. There are funguses that are out there right now, dollar spot or, and then uh, red thread or leaf spot. Neither of those really need a fungicide to them. 
When you culturally control anything, i.e. good watering practices, height or length of grass practices like your dad did, I think you're going to be able to, you know, withstand what we're expecting that's going to be coming up. And we are in a drought. Now, see, this is the first um, beginning part of the, usually Memorial Weekend is the the, the advent of uh, summer, right? Yes, sir. And, and, then, and that's why I don't think people believe we're already in a drought because they're like, summer hasn't really started. It's not June. They're following a calendar, which we, the, let's put it this way. We got to put the alert back on and tell people that we have to, you have to understand that water and you do it right is going to be least expensive way to keep your lawn happy and your plants. You talk about plants in your garden letting you know that they need water by wilting and all that. Right. Your grass does it, and we've never really said this, by browning out. Or different protecting color. Protecting itself. It, it does. It changing protects color. itself. It changes color. We've never really talked about grass letting you know when it needs water. Well, let's do that. Turning brown or turning color too late no, it's to bring not. It, no, I'm not saying it's dying. I'm just saying to bring back that color and say, hey, you know, kind of when, when you plant, when you when we water some of our flowers that are in direct sun and they're wilting and you give them a five-minute drink real quick and, you know, 10 minutes later they're popped up, does grass respond as quickly? Grass will, well, yes and no. I mean, if you maintain your, your grass on, on a, let's say, a, a, a watering program, Yes, it'll it, it'll rebound quicker. I well, mean, if you're on a watering program, what, it's not going to need to. One way rebound. to show that is when you mow the lawn or when you're walking on your lawn. If you're, if, let, let's not go with the color at all. If your grass blades do not spring back up immediately, there you go. That's the sign that it needs some water. And all you have to do is give it a good ten to fifteen minute drink. That's all, and it's going to come right back up and be able to stand on its end. But here's the deal. Eventually, if you don't pay attention to the footsteps or the wheel markings from the mower or, you know, the, the post office person walking across your lawn and you see footsteps or footprints, uh, that's, that's the indicator. Well, we need something to drink, and I would give it as soon as possible, Scott. That's in the middle of the day. That's not necessarily the first time in the morning, <laughs> is it? No, no, I get that. Then the that. other thing that I want you to look forward to is, yeah, discoloration. A grass that's under stress immediately is going to show you that it's going to be like a darker blue-green color. It's not going to be the lush, healthy, rich green that you're going to see of a, let's say, a late spring that's really pretty like it was for the last two weeks. Um, it's going to have a blue-gray cast to it. That's going to say, hey, man, I think we're going to need to give it a drink. Otherwise, within the next three to five days, it's going to start giving you what they call tip blight. It's going to discolor from green to a blue-green to a gray-green, to a yellow-green, to a yellow. Now, mind you, it doesn't necessarily mean the grass is dead because that crown is going to allow the top growth to go dormant. It's not right. utilizing the moisture that you would otherwise think that it needs, and it does probably need. Um, but to pull it out of dormancy, you have to water it. And what I would, a lot of times what happens is that crown dies out. When that crown dies, you're not getting anything back. So water it, you know, just to keep it a little bit alive. But then you'll notice people want to know, well, I've been watering the last two weeks and it's still yellow. In order for that yellow to get out of there, it's like having bleached out hair. It's got to grow back out. Yeah, yeah. And so you have got to, let's say you're unwatering right now and people are listening. Um, it's discolored. It's dormant. Do not expect it to turn green in those dormant colors. I mean, the dormant blades itself, it has to be mowed away. It's got to be mowed out or at least cut out. 
like bleached out hair, and then it'll come back to its natural color. A lot of times people wait to the end of the season, end of August, first part of September, and they start to notice that. And then that's going to tell them also that they're going to need to recede. When do you recommend that they recede, Scott? Uh, Reseeding is a fall activity. That, yes. Now, I'm also going to asterisk this by saying, I mean, we get a lot of people in the spring reseeding and more so overseeding, let's just say, for established lawns. Because, you know, over the winter, their dogs dug a path that, you know, from from a one-way restroom activities that they didn't want to go in the snow too far or that type of thing. But you do want to do some seeding in the spring primarily to keep out the weeds to help you later in the fall. Knowing your success rate is not going to be as high as it will be in the fall, knowing that the ground temperature is not as warm in the spring, so it's going to take a little while longer. I mean, I've got a section that I receded from a tree I just pulled out. And yeah, he's dangerous as hell. And it's taken a little bit longer than I thought it was. I finally saw some some little green... Um, sprouts. Sprouts. <laughs> popping up yeah. t- this morning. So Well, now see, you're paying 100% more attention to your surroundings than you have been. How long have you been married? 40 years? No, kind of like l- that. Less than that. <laughs> okay. But you know what? It took you this long to start paying attention to this? Yes. I mean, it, it, I think you've... Well, no, I think I'm, you've... A, look, a bug inoculated you and basically made you... COVID, COVID inoculated me to well, that was pay a bug. attention. Let's, that's a virus. <laughs> but it got you to pay attention and, and not well, just... Well, a little bit more. I've always been a kind of a nut about the lawn. Yeah. And then, okay, now to get back to this, if you do have a lawn service, it's best that you continue to maintain a constant communication with your lawn service. Usually talk with the person that does do your lawn. Find out what is necessary what they're going to recommend to it. If, if they think you're doing everything adequately, they'll let you know. If they don't, and they do have suggestions, like a lot of times they'll sit down there and they say, please water as soon as possible. Well, they're afraid you're going to wash off the weed killer. Now, I, you know what? The, the weeds are going to have just as bad of a problem uh, growing in a drought as your lawn is. Go ahead and give it a drink. Let everything grow. It's easier to knock the weeds out of a healthy lawn than it is on a drought-riddled one. And we talk about this with new customers on lawn service, really. It's like, hey, this is like uh, co-parenting. You know, we're on your grass X amount of time to take care of it. You're there more. You need to water. We'll fertilize. If you're home and your lawn service shows up, it's best to just walk outside. Don't be afraid to go out and talk to them. My, My dad did this all the time. And he would, because he was, you know, was quite a perfectionist finicky, yeah. on his lawn. And he he did it for a while himself, fertilization. Then he hired somebody to see if it would, if they knew something he didn't. And anyhow, so you go talk to them while they're there. You know, if you start a phone call, a roundabout thing, it goes to the office. The office hands it to the guy. The guy calls you back. You but must, still, you're that's, not there. That's so better it, than no communication at all, though. I mean, let's well, think it's, about this. It's taken a lot longer when you can just walk outside if you happen to be home and just if say, you happen to be home, yeah. Hey, Joe, grab him. You know, hey, do you have? Do you see hey, Stevie, anything? Stevie, get over here. What's going on I, over here? I yeah. see this. Should I be concerned about? Just do it right then and there. Don't be afraid of these guys. Yeah, but some people are working. And well, yeah, I get it. But with a lot of people working from home now, 
You well, know that's true. You know, you, know, you hear this this thing cranking. It's got a little bit of you know a a, a a small engine that's kicking in, and you're out there. Somebody's walking by your windows. You go out there and see what's going on, and then, like you said, yes, please ask them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So it's a nine one one episode. Just to let you guys know that Mike found some information that were it could be a bad drought year. It's already showing signs of that. I mean, I know the local weather forecaster. He was like. I mean, we're an inch and almost two inches shy for last month in the amount of rainfall that we usually get. And that's May. Just understand this an eight to 14 day outlook for a strong possibility. They don't want people to freak out for abnormal temperatures and chances for below average precipitation. Now, does that connotate a drought? I would say yes. Um, but this is for the Midwest. From your Midwest podcast, I'm Michael Work, the Garden Guy, but this is for Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, and Wisconsin. Okay? Did you catch that? Please pay attention. Go outside and keep checking your lawn. That's right. And like Scott said, if they're out there, tackle them. Find out what in the hell you got to do to maintain this if there's anything to be a concern. Because your veggie garden will let you know. Oh, yeah, it'll definitely More so than your grass will. And this is why we really want to bring this up. Your veggie garden's going to say... Hey, we need a drink. It's more obvious when your veggie garden and your flowers need water and help than your lawn. Than your lawn will need it. Right. All right. All right. I'm Michael Rourke, the garden guy. No, I'm not. Not anymore. Am I? Yeah, you're still him. Okay. And he's Scott. All right, everybody. Till next time. Green Uh, thumbs thumbs up, up, baby. That's what he says. Baby. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.